0: A job ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed? Quit is a call in show, hopefully, helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. Scott Johnson, Dan Benjamin, how are you doing today? This is Danielle, <laughs> my producer, in the studio with me. Hey, Scott. Hello,
1: Danielle. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm great Thank
0: you for all the back and forth via email Yeah, she takes care of everything here This is a show, by the way, Scott Scott Johnson
1: Oh, we're in Oh, we go right into the show here Okay, alright, no way, that's fine no, that's, probably, I mean, one that's one of the reasons I'm
0: a fan Live to tape Scott Johnson, for those who don't know, is the founder of Frog Pants Studios Which yeah. is described here in my, in my notes a, I think this is a good description Who wrote this? I, probably you wrote, not me.
1: I I wrote it.
0: A hub of nerd and geek media, including comics, web art, illustration, podcasts, and more. Yeah. He hosts and produces a paltry nine shows, both daily and weekly, which span a range of topics from apps to comics, TV pilots, video games, and maybe this is where people know Scott from.
1: Mm. Extra Life. Yeah, the comic. They might. That's been around for now twelve years. Twelve years you've been doing that thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, My real my real first, well, not exactly the first, but one of the first forays into sort of web media content, I would say.
0: One of the first web for, comics. For me,
1: for me, yeah. A- well, for and everybody, hold, ones, hold on, hold on, sure. for
0: every, don't be modest. <laughs> for everybody, one of the first web comics. One
1: of the first web comics. Yeah, yeah. Innovating that. Look, if you have a list of 10, I'm probably on that list of, of the early ones that started that early. There's certainly some before me and some are friends of mine, so I don't want to smirch their earlyitude, um, but uh yeah i'm a, it's a kind of a weird thrill and also a very strange thing to look at people and say i have a comic strip online that has a good following an audience that has long that has run longer than many of the comics i adored when i was a child that i would read in the paper and that's kind of a weird thing to think about in this these changing digital times
0: how did you get into this i mean you've i'm sure you've heard this show i know that you're one I'm of, a fan. you are a fan of the show, as I am a fan of all of your shows. thank you, all night sure. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, you know it, it, it people are always always ask, and I think they ask um, people like you uh, not the specifics of how did you although I want to hear the story, not the specifics of how did you get into web comics, for example, mm. because you did that at a time when there was no such thing as web comics. you were still yeah. doing. there's very early yeah, I would say that's true. And you got into that and then, and by the way, I've read all the interviews on you. I stay up late at night reading, oh, yeah, I'm reading sure, I'm about sure. you. Just
1: constantly in your, in your, the front, the forefront of your mind.
0: And I read an interesting inter- interview with you where you were talking about not just the webcomic thing, but how you got into podcasting. And you were alluding to, uh, you were about to start a daily show, which of course now you've, you've been doing for for some time.
1: Yeah. Three years now.
0: Yeah. And you were just so this was I guess in the f- maybe three and a half ish time period because you were you're about to be starting this. Yeah, wow. And it was interesting to read what you said back then. And now here you are a guy doing the show. That's a very casual show, I must say.
1: Yeah, it is. It's intentionally so. It's basically the morning show that I never got. Yeah. That I never that I that I always wanted and would get pieces of here and there Listen with terrestrial how good radio. This guy but- sounds,
0: Daniel. Yeah. Gosh, I is wish it, everybody had this kind of mic setup. Clear it's the blow, bell. it's it's blowing your mind, isn't it? It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just got to say fine. like my listeners are used to the the worst quality, you know, callers and guests in the world. Well, then that 800 or so dollars was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it.
1: Yeah, finally,
0: <laughs> So what I want to I want to get into and I want to talk about here today. Yeah. Let's just start because I First of all, anybody who d- – if, if people are listening to this and they're like, who's the Scott guy? Shame on you.
1: Yeah. You're Where have you been? N- yeah.
0: Shame on you. The <laughs> Worst kind of jackal. <laughs> and I, because I'm a huge fan of yours and I didn't – this is the weird thing is yeah. I in all along, all these years – You know, when I sit, I'm looking over here at this list of stuff that you do for me, extra life, that was, that was you. And then I I realized as I started to do more podcasting, you know, here's this guy over in the other corner doing something that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And so I don't know where to start. Let's start with the web comic though. Let's start there.
1: That's a good place to start. Um, and by the way, I, this is a side note here, but I believe that we have a great number of shared listeners, um, when when I mentioned, uh, alluded to the notion this week on one of my shows that I was going to guest here today, uh, a great number of tweets and emails came flooding back saying, oh, man, my two favorite things in podcasting meeting together for the first time. That's your fans being nice to me. That's what that
0: is. And well, I, by, I the way, by the way, I'll <laughs> take anything I can get. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I wondered about that. But, um, yeah, it goes back to, uh, you know, the, the, the mid to late 90s when the Internet was starting to be a thing that, started to spark imaginations for people like me who who as a kid I mean I'm basically a a grown-up version of my eight-year-old self now I was running around (laughs) with a tape recorder and I was recording people all day and I was talking back into it and making my own little stupid radio shows just for me to hear on yeah like with your tape recorder right sure some old Sony you know it was an early cassette recorder like that was pretty breaking breaking news back then and aside from that I was drawing all the time I was animating and I was making my own little home movies and I was I was producing web content before there was such a thing as web content. When I was trying to get a comic strip uh, in newspapers, that was, you know, back at a time where there were very few gatekeepers and many people at the gate and only one or two would get through. And that's just what you did. You kept throwing things at these syndications and you worked really hard to try to get in there. And the minute the very second the web said, hey, there's another way. To just do it, you may not make a bunch of money or you may not, you know, grow a huge audience or you may, you may do, may or may not do any of these things, but why aren't you at least putting your work out here? And right. that inspired me immediately and I, I got right to it. So technically my first webcomic actually came out in 1999, which also happens to be the year of the very first quote unquote podcast that I ever made. There was no podcasting then, no RS- RSS. No. It would be a number of years later, but it was an MP3. And, and again, early MP3 days, this is like Napster era MP3. And I would put them up on a website. People could download those things over dial up or whatever was the prominent connection of the time. And and they would hear me that way over Winamp or something. And um, a lot has changed since then. But really, that's the 99 marks a very important year for me that way. That was kind of the year that that everything started to fall into place. And it just grew from there. I launched the comic; it did really well, and people recognized it. It began to grow, and on top of that, I thought, well, I'll I'll keep making the show. I don't know who's downloading it, but then 2005 rolls around, 2004, late 04, early 05, and suddenly it is a viable thing to have people listen to podcasts. And this is before Apple, you know, gave us their blessing, which really changed things as well. But I really just what what a difference that made. Well, it's huge. It's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to podcasting.
0: Worst, I mean, the best in that for people who don't remember this, when podcasts yeah. originally started, yeah. people like us would go and we would just record something and we'd put it, we'd make a little website as best we could. Yeah. And we would put the podcast out there and we would do the best we could do to try and promote it, which meant hope Google indexed it
1: yeah a few forums and things right. like this yeah
0: and if you were lucky enough to have somebody already uh, subscribing to a newsletter great you could they could subscribe to the newsletter i woke up daniel the lunch did something for me because i was mostly <laughs> dead before that and i
1: protein. can
0: actually speak now mm-hmm. and we would we would ho- just hope people would stumble across and if you got 500 downloads for an episode of a show you were you were a media god
1: you were a oh, king yeah. of industry you were howard stern incarnate. yes yeah
0: Howard Stern would be lucky to get 500 downloads to a podcast in those years. All right, and then you had audio from the uh, Twitter folks prior yeah, to Twitter. That, that that went well for them. It went well until Apple, you know, announced at a, a keynote mm-hmm. that hey, we're we're adding podcasts to iTunes, and that like it changed everything.
1: It changed everything. I mean, also they had these weird apps. Like uh, if you remember, we had like Pod uh pod banana or some weird name (laughs) right i don't remember what it was it's some weird mac client that people could could synchronize with itunes and actually get podcasts that way and you know what i was lapping it up i was happy to have whatever well you you say it was
0: one of the worst things why
1: well here's why i think it's one of the best and worst things so the great thing about it is it provided this brand new avenue and this direct connection to ipods which is where the whole thing kind of came from and basically apple just said well we're going to take ownership of this and bring it into the fold the worst, it's the worst thing because we have become as podcasters, it's a little controversial when to say it anyway, I'm and ready. I'm a big Apple fanboy, So this means a lot coming from me. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they now hold us hostage because it became the dominant way for people to get this stuff. It gave, it gave rise to people like uh, your Adam Carollas and your, uh, your whatnots to, to come into from mainstream media, come down to our level and, right. and really succeed in that space. Like slum, like slum, it down here with us. Yeah, slumming it with us exactly. But <laughs> Apple, if they get a whim and go and I'm, and I and I would argue lately they've kind of had a few whims like this. They get a whim that they're like, eh, it's not as important to us right now. Where there's no revenue here, there's no so promoting this kind of creativity really isn't doing anything for our bottom line. So we're going to remove podcasts from the main iTunes page. you are going to have to find it and hunt for it. And and also we're going to split the app out and not have it be part of the of the of the of ios it's going to be this separate thing and that combined with the rise of android and other competing uh, ways of getting this kind of content have contributed to a bit of a fracturing of the of how, how what are podcasts and how do i get them right and so it's dangerous for any one entity to kind of control things in that way anyway no matter what it is you're talking about but in this particular case i just feel like lately It's not, it's getting a little bit more short shrift, but that being said, my numbers have never been higher. Like I don't have a ton to complain about. And part of this may be just old man on the front lawn, telling the kid, get out of my garden. That might be what I'm doing.
0: Right. Get off my lawn.
1: Right. Because I love this medium and I do not want to, I don't want to see it grow and, and explode. But then there's this other thing. Here's old man Johnson again. There's just one other thing. I like that guy. It's uh, he's all right. Um, He's a little incontinent, but he's fine. Otherwise. (laughs) But he, uh, here's here's his biggest complaint these days, and that is that, and it's not really a complaint, but the YouTube generation and my kids are that. Uh, so my 13-year-old, for example, loves the YouTube, and he's watching Minecraft videos, and he's watching funny animations, and this is his entertainment source. We're an unplugged family. We haven't had cable for five years or something. This is where he gets a lot of what he likes, and this is kind of their generation. I like it too, but what I'm finding is... Um, the, there's a, a huge audiences moving to the to web to the web to watch stuff and to 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 listen to people and that sort of thing, and I feel like it's a very different consumer, and I worry, I worry like I always worry that the the art of audio entertainment, which you know so well, mm. uh, is once again just you know kind of getting shorted, and you know terrestrial radio completely sucks these days. Oh, and so it's the worst, and I keep I've, s-
0: I've said on any any chance I get. I will talk about how terrestrial radio and, for that matter, satellite radio yeah. are they're they're dead. But the one thing that hurts guys like us the most, and I want to I want to talk more about how you what you think the future of of podcasting. But this is going to connect because on this show we talk about you know redefining your life. We talk about making changes that that get you out of situations that you know jobs usually. But, yeah. how to change a career, how to do something else? i so I do want to talk about that, but i I'll get on the soapbox a minute and agree with you and say, we're still i was i was uh I was speaking with somebody the other night, and uh, we were talking about the early days of the web. And yeah. I remember in, in and I'm talking about you know the the dawn of Netscape time period where. People knew about the web and, you know, I was teaching, I wrote and taught a seminar, think about this, that was, you know, filled with a hundred people who all wanted to, I think it was called, this is how bad it is. I think it was called like putting your business on the web. Or so that was like the title of the, the course. And people would come and they were like eagerly trying to, how do I do? What is the web? How do I? There was no e commerce. Like people weren't even selling stuff
1: really, but no, they just I knew think,
0: they needed a website, you know? Yeah, a
1: rough idea of what maybe Yahoo wanted to be, but that was about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And, you know, you would, people would go and they would just listen. And, and I, oh, I had the worst clip art in these PowerPoint presentations. It was terrible. And, you know, you, we were talking about that, that time period of how everybody knew something was going to go on here, but nobody really knew exactly what it was and, and things really didn't shake out for a long time. And I think we were talking about, well, like, what's the next thing? And for a while, obviously, it was, it was mobile. We know yeah. kind of what mobile is going to look like in the future. But sure. I still feel like the way that people consume uh, their entertainment is still changing so much. And what what we're doing with podcasts and podcasting and what people who are listening to this should be thinking about if they're trying to get an idea for like, hey, what, what should I do next? Mm-hmm. People want to hear stuff and they want to hear it on their terms, just like they want to watch Game of Thrones on you know Wednesday night and not Sunday night.
1: Yeah, on a device that isn't a TV in a room someplace or, right. or maybe they do want to watch it on a TV in there or, yeah. And it's f- happening faster, not just happening more, but faster faster than it ever has and it used to be i used to be able to i think this kind of goes to your point i used to be able to say i know what the next five years are going to look like so here's what what i'm going to do right yeah i'm going to adhere to this and then i would do it again right before i quit and did started doing this full-time back in early 09 i said you know what i'm going to quit this full-time design job that i've had for too long and i'm going to do this for full-time and i'm going to draw and record my way to Great success. That's what I'm going to do. And when I did it, I said, well, I at least know what the next two, three years look like. But I am now to the point uh, that I look out at the next five and I'm not, I don't, I don't think it's just because I'm getting bad at knowing. I think it's just no one really knows. We are at a weird crossroads right now about what all this stuff is. And you, and I, and I, I, for comfort, I look back to the radio days of the, you know, the halcyon days of the, let's say the fifties and the sixties when radio ruled the world yeah and tv started creeping right up there right up their tree and they went oh no this will be the end of radio as we know it and we're screwed and that didn't happen it it changed it moved it did it it, it contracted it expanded again it did all these things but it didn't go away and i feel like so i'm I'm trying to get it out of my head that it's radio it's what we're talking about is is audio there's video involved in all that you guys live stream i do the same and there's stuff on youtube blah 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 but but in the end the art of 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 a conversation or of audio entertainment is a really special one and I don't think it dies, but it's hard for me to see the next five years of technological change and shift back and forth right. and say, yeah, I, I know the exact path podcasts are going to take. It's the first time I haven't <laughs> been able to say that very well.
0: Yeah. And this it's, it, we're at a very, very interesting point in time. Now, when you started doing web comics, yeah. And by the way, all of this is in the show notes, 5x5.tv slash quit slash 24. That's where all the show notes will be. If you go back into the history of uh, of your webcomic, mm. which is in the show notes, myextralife.com. Yeah. If you go back, you have the archive up there.
1: Oh yeah, there's some ugly business in the early
0: years. it's great though because look at I mean listen like that that picture that you drew that illustration of Carson yeah it's so good look at that I was just I would just like when we started the show I flipped it around I said Daniel, look at this i'm it's so it's perfect it's amazing it's amazing and the the game of Thrones stuff that you do it's just it's yeah. like. And it, you pick these funny little moments of stuff that you do, and that's what your that's what your illustration is. Your style is so distinctive, and it's just it's it's funny to me because you're you have changed your style, but you can see how it changes. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you still, can go you can look year at by from, year and be like, yeah. oh, that's when he started doing that thing with the noses,
1: you know, yeah. or whatever. You could go year one. And you could probably say, oh, that's definitely Scott's work. A little rough, but yeah, we can, we can tell them that, that that's him. And it's funny because when I started, I thought, oh, I'm really good at this. Look at me. I'm good. Oh, I was not good. I was not good at all. <laughs> How did you and learn I, to draw? Um, it's just a lifelong of, I'm I, the very first thing I drew, this is the honest truth. I was in the kitchen at my mother's house and there was a big uh, chalkboard in the room. And I, I think I was seven. And I have a really strong memory of this and they all remember it as well. So it's this big deal in my family. But I, one day without any other predilection toward this stuff, stood up with a piece of chalk and I drew Bert and Ernie hanging out, just nice. standing there with each other. And my parents wouldn't let me erase it. They invited everybody <laughs> over. They made this huge deal out of it. I'm sure it was kind of terrible, but they were really supportive and were my entire growing up, which I think is key. And by the way, if you're a parent out there and you're worried your kid draws too much, just support them and encourage him and, it'll make him, it will build his character, not just his art skills. Um, but anyway, I, uh, that, that's kind of where it started. And from then on, I just had a love for it. And I would doodle on all my homework. I carried a sketchbook everywhere I went. Uh, it's all I wanted to study and work with and do. And if I had, if there were classes to take in the summer, they were always art classes. And, uh, it was just my, it was my passion. I, I had great love for comic books and, and comics and newspapers and big, you know, very influential artists in mad magazine and other places that just made me want to do what they were doing. And, and I just worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. And the truth was, I don't think I was ever very great. I was never really above average for my age, whenever it was at the time, but I feel like the web was just such a fantastic happenstance for me. The timing couldn't have been better because it came at a time in my life. I'm like, Oh, I can, this is where I can put my work. I don't have to, wait in line behind a thousand people and get rejected 400 times before anyone even takes two seconds to look at what I'm doing. You know, I don't have to get paid 10 bucks a month to put something in some crappy city weekly paper. I can actually really go for this and do what I want, not have editors and not all the middlemen. I mean, all those things that podcasting affords us um, that happened with the art. And so I just kept at it and it's all about consistency and just putting your nose down and going for it and loving it. If you love it, it's not hard. 12 years seems like a lot of work, but it's, I loved every time I put pen to paper.
0: Did you imagine that this comic that you'd started, that you'd put up would be something that eventually would, you'd be able
1: to do full-time? Like, was no. that your goal? No, I had no idea. Well, I mean, you have your dream, you have your, your, I wish I could do this full-time kind of thing. And when you'd see other people do it, you'd see the Penny Arcades of the of the world, uh, you know, clearly finding a way to, to parlay that into into a, a business or whatever um, in the last decade or so. You you, you see that and, you, and it gives you hope. You're like, oh, well, they're doing it. And now this other guy's doing it. and no, I see that guy's doing it. And right. then you start you start throwing away the things of your childhood of like assuming that when you're an adult, you just had to have the, the, the nine to five in the cubicle and there's just no way around it. And you start to strip some of that away and go, well, the guys I'm working for are the ones that own that company. Well, they're, who are they? How do they do that? And you start, you know, you start figuring it out and you realize, oh, well, I could do that. Or I could do this other thing that they can't do, which gives me this unique position. And, but I knew it was going to take a ton of time and work. I knew I couldn't just do it overnight. I'm not one of these guys. It's like, I'm putting up a comic on Monday and by Wednesday I'm selling t-shirts, baby. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, so I, you know, if I've learned anything from any of this experience is that slow and steady wins the race, sometimes fast and Quick does, but most of the time, slow and steady does. And I think it's true in most parts of life. And When I was doing a, a weekly computer help show here in the Salt Lake City area, uh, I knew then that the experience I was having on that show was, gonna, was going to help me further what I wanted to do with my interview style, with recording stuff, just with just in general, you know, my ability to communicate. I didn't know it would be podcasting or if that would even be a thing. I had no idea. But I felt like that, those were the things that I knew at the time they were propelling me towards something better, something cool.
0: Now you do, you do a bunch of shows over there. We'll get to all of this stuff. Yeah. And in addition to the shows, this is what they call a teaser. You'll see why I second. in addition to all the shows, you've got this event that you, uh, that you do called Nerdtacular. Yeah. So you've got, you've got a web comic, you've got a store, you take mm-hmm. donations, you've yeah. got a conference. Uh, you do podcasts. Yeah. And what I like about this is that he, he, what this guy has done is he has multiple streams of revenue so that when the web comic tanks, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the podcast thing. And when, yeah. you know, and he's got all this other stuff. So listen, right now I have just have one uh, stream of revenue right here. Mm. And it's these sponsors. I got to do one. All right, go for it. You have sponsors on your show. I you do. Yeah. You know how this works. Love,
1: lovely sponsors.
0: Love them all. Squarespace. All in, it's, pe- this, is, people. this is what it is. It's an all-in-one platform. Makes it easy to create your own website. Because people like Scott, he doesn't, he doesn't want to sit there and, and build websites anymore. He's got better things to do. So I'm not implying that you use Squarespace. I'm just <laughs> saying you have better things to do. Then code out websites all the time. I know I do. That's absolutely true. And with these guys, you don't have to. You can get a site that's beautiful. You pick from one of their templates and then you start customizing it. You're dragging and dropping to customize it. It couldn't be easier. And it's all responsive. And they integrate with pretty much every other service out there. Whatever it is that you want to hook up to. I mean, everything, you know, you're, you're a coder, you're a developer. It'll plug into GitHub. You're into this uh, Pinterest nonsense. You can hook into that. All of the stuff that's out there, it's going to allow you to integrate into it. Twitter, Facebook, you name it. It'll even have things like Dropbox integration. So if you're on Dropbox and you, you have a gallery set up there and you drag images into the gallery on your, in your Dropbox folder, they'll show up as a gallery in Squarespace. It's unbelievable. This stuff is amazing. I really can't believe It's 8 bucks a month. Even a Jeez. web comics
1: guy can afford that. Cheap, I'm sorry, inexpensive is what yeah. I would call that. Yeah.
0: So here's what you've got to do. And this is, you know, people, this is, we need people to go and check this out because I want Squarespace to say, oh my God, quit, It outperformed. All of your other shows, history of the network. Go to squarespace.com, 10% off. If you use the code stooge5, S-T-O-O-G-E-5 over at squarespace.com, go check them out, support the show. They've got lots of new features, and really cool stuff there. All right, so ner- I think nerdtacular how do you put something like that? OK, let me hold on a second, take a step back, <laughs> because people always imagine that they're going to they're going to start this brand new thing. They're in this crappy job. You've heard me describe the, the corporate stooge. Yeah, They're stooges, they're in their jobs. They don't know what's going on in their life. They don't understand how they wound up here. And then they, they go and they want some inspiration. They want to feel better about themselves. So they listen to one of our shows, mm-hmm. and uh, or they or they read one of your comics. Uh, you know, they 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 can they can kind of say, "Well, you know, these guys did it. Like they they did something. They did something different. How did they break out of the job or whatever? You you weren't always writing." a web comic and you weren't always full time with it. What were were you doing before and how did you make that transition to taking something that you loved doing ever since you were a kid Mm -hmm. and into something that paid, but not just that, doing it on your own terms. That's what always stands out. When I look at you as, as an inspiration, you did it on your own terms. It might've taken a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you made this thing your own and you're doing it the way you want to do it. And you made you made it fun. Everything you do is fun. Yeah,
1: everything nothing, you do is fun. Nothing boring. It's not fair. There's, there's, I only have one rule: nothing boring. It's I don't want anything boring on my network. How did you get there? Um, well, you know, it's, it's a long and windy road. But really, uh, where I worked before in various companies through the years as a designer and artist. So I was doing the kind of and that's what I went to school for. So you know, again, the art was paramount and was kind of my main thing. But occasionally, something would come along where a company would say all right, well, we need to make a promotional video. We're putting it on VHS, the early 90s folks. And uh, we're going to ship that out to our uh, potential customers, this and that and the other. And I would always, I'd raise my hand and go, oh, let me do this. I've got the voice for it. I know I can do this. And they'd say, what? And I'm like, yeah, come on now. Let's just give us a chance. And I would look for those kinds of opportunities and those things would be great. And I feel like those things all sort of helped prepare me for, uh, for what was to come. But um, there was a big swath of time, I would say, well, really between... I'd say earnestly between 2003 and 2008 that period of time where was a, was a time where I was working a full-time job and then would go home and then would work on my stuff all night. So I was drawn, I was doing uh, uh, commission artwork for people that they would, they would find me on the web and they would hire me. I would still happens quite a bit, um, a lot more than it used to, but anyway, that was doing that kind of stuff and I was working on the comic and I was trying to build a community and I was doing this extra life radio thing before RSS came out and, and trying to get people interested in that and having guests on and, you know, just doing the whole schmear and honestly just throwing a lot of spaghetti at a lot of walls to see what would stick. And what I found was that as time transpired between roughly '03 and, 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 2008, it got more and more that I was doing well enough with the side stuff. And it was getting big enough that I had to, I had to kind of con- seriously consider quitting the day job. I mean, I really had a choice, quit the j- day job or go crazy hmm. with too much to do. Yeah, Or, stay with the day job somehow out of loyalty and forget my stuff that I've been building and just give it all up, which made no zero sense. I didn't want to be 75 going, all right, sure I, I would, whatever. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to do this. And I made the hard choice and I went for it and uh, I made a deal. The people I were, I was with, I was pretty loyal to, and they were loyal to me and we worked together for a long time, but I made a deal with them. I said, I'll keep doing some contract work for you here and there. And so that was a good, tr- you know, that created an easier transition. Uh, to be able to, to not worry about some of those details. And, and I've got three kids, a wife, a house, and two cars. I've got all the normal uh, American dream stuff that you've <laughs> got to have to maintain and pay for. Right. So it, was all, it still all felt very risky, and I remember being completely stressed out when I, when I made the decision. And after I made it, I was mad because I, I, the only complaint I would really have is I didn't do it maybe two, three years earlier than that. Mm. I really wish I would have. I, I think of all the ground I could have covered, and I very quickly filled up my time with, with, with everything that I wanted to do. And, uh, that's kind of how it transpired. I mean, the shows grew out of just kind of organic things that I like to do and they got more numerous. And before I knew it, there was a a network and there were friends outside of it. People at twit, people at, you know, people like Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt or, Mm -hmm. or some of these good friends of the, of the network who now have shows on the network who, also come to Nerdtacular, which in itself is the weird thing. So in 2007, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to rent a movie theater and hang out with a bunch of fans just here in the local area? Let's just rent a movie theater. Let's watch Spider-Man 3. Unfortunately, it turned out. But anyway, we'll go see that. <laughs> it's not a good movie. We'll see that in 2007. This is before I'd quit and gone. This is two years but ahead of time. Let's just do that. I'll rent it. It'll be fun. It'll be a great way to give back, do prizes, and then watch a fun movie and everyone goes home. No big deal. It went really well. We had one guy from France there, which freaked me out. Like, why did you come like here? You came all France? that way to watch yeah, just for Spider-Man that. 3. Left the next day. Crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, um, if I'd seen Spider-Man 3, I would have left too. <laughs> I would have left halfway through. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then gone home. But then, short of it is, we did the next year, same thing, just a day and just one movie, and it was Dark Knight, and it was, so was Batman. I, had, I felt better about our chances. That turned out to be really good. And then we ended up with something like 10 people that from out of town, either other states or other countries. And I thought, well, that's, that's weird. And. That's kind of cool. But, it, you know, when we grew about 150 seats or something. The Next year, I did the same thing. That year, we had 45 people from out of the state or country. And by the next year, which would have been 2010, we had 150 people out of the 500 we could fit that were from somewhere else besides here. And I thought, this is weird. And it's obvious that this is no longer an event that's about local, whatever. So in 2011, I went to a full conference day format with panels and swag bags and the whole nine yards and maxed out as many tickets as we could fit in this like room that could only hold 550. And we had a ball. We, we streamed it. We did live panels. Everybody got to meet each other. There were signing and t-shirts and swag bags and just the whole, the whole schmear happened again in 2012. That went really well, but we were bursting at the seams. So this year we're doing two days at a mountainside resort called Snowbird. <laughs> Uh, different different kind of pace going on. Yeah, it's a totally different kind of weird deal this year and we've packed as many people as we can feel comfortable with without having to start hiring security and all this sort of thing. The goal of it always has been, we could probably be in the thousands by now, but our goal has been, I want to be able to shake all their hands. I want to be able to spend actual time with fans, the people responsible for helping me get where I've gotten. And that's really the whole point of Nerdtacular. At this point it is not, it's not really a revenue center. It's not a place to make a bunch of cash every year because we don't It really just pays for itself but yeah. it's it's a way for us to connect in a very personal way which brings me to my main point here all of this stuff the comic the all the side work with illustration stuff all the podcasting all of it has sprung from strong community and it turns out that's kind of the key to all of it like i didn't really know what going in but that is the key like you couldn't have planned
0: it though you couldn't have gone in with some kind of strategy saying this i'm going to build
1: this no i had no idea not really i mean i just knew what i liked and i knew what i liked to do and i I liked to make things and i liked what people would say about them we all have some ego and 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 to me it's nice when people say nice things about the thing you things you make And, and it turns out i had passions for things that other people related to and also liked and And there's something really special about digging, drilling through all of that and getting to the personal level. And these these stereotypes that people on the Internet don't leave their basements and live with their parents till they're 50. And, you know, that's all bullcrap. There's some of the most, if anything, I'm the introvert when it comes to actual physical. Let's go someplace and hang out. Like, if anything, I'm the one that's the problem, because everyone I've known through this experience, they want to be together. They want to press hand to hand and shake hands. They want to meet up at a place. They want to have a conversation. They want to dig deeper into these shared passions we have. And it, as it turns out is the absolute key to all of this. It's a thing that's missing from traditional media where you, you just have Nielsen numbers and no real connection. The real connection happens at the water cooler after everyone watched lost the night before right? or whatever. And I've got this built in. Yeah. It's not the size of an audience that's watching game of Thrones, but it's this built in audience that all have these shared ideas. We have memes we pass pass around. There's things I said on the show five years ago that still come up in conversations. And they're wonderful, regular people with lives, with families, with dreams and aspirations of their own. And it's a, it is a beautiful confluence of human nature. I did not go into it with that in mind. I had no idea. I just thought it would be me on one side of the screen and a few people on the other side. And that was as far as it would ever go. But I was... I was dead wrong. And I feel bad. It's, it's weird coming to that realization as an adult. You'd think we got stuff figured out. When I was a kid, I thought anybody over the age of 25 didn't need any more help with how people work or, you know, they weren't discovering anything new. They right. had it figured right, out. Right, right, right. I was, that was ridiculous. What a stupid idea. Don't know where I got that idea.
0: Yeah. I, but I think, see, I think that's, there are a lot of people, I'm maybe, maybe not 25, maybe 30, maybe 35, where, you, it's so easy to get into a rut or to just kind of say, I guess this is like, this is what, and I'm, i am this happened to me, I yeah. guess is what my life is going to be now, Yeah, you know? And then something happens uh, that, that, that allows you to change that or that presents an opportunity for you to change that. And it's not usually something that you can ever predict or plan or, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very hard to quantify what can trigger some kind of a change. And as you know, a lot of these shows, uh, we have callers, people call in, people email, and they have a problem. They're at some kind of a crossroads. And the the crossroads is I'm miserable in my job and I want to leave and I don't know how or I don't know what to do, you know, or I got laid off or, um, you know, I'm starting out and I don't know if I should take this risk. And you mentioned that you were at the point – in your career where you had these other things going, you had the, the web comic, you had these other streams of revenue and you were looking probably at the numbers. Right. Yeah. And you say, well, here's what I make it as a full timer. And here's what I'm probably would make. if <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. And here's what I'll probably could make if I was devoting my full time to this other thing that I, is the thing that I love to do instead of f- stressing out, trying to do both. Never you know, never doing the kind of work in either that I, I would like to be doing. Right. And, you know, like you said, the, how old was, uh, was your kids or a kid at the time?
1: So when I started with the web comic, they were all very little. I had, I had a, I want to say a two year old, a three year old and a, and a not yet born. <laughs> he didn't come till 2000. So mm-hmm. I was, only, I had two little girls and I was, you know, pretty young and still whatever. It seemed like, it seems like yesterday, but obviously it was a long time ago because now that girl who was, Three or whatever she was at the time because she would have been 94 to 99 she would have been six or seven she is now 19 wow yeah and in college and i got you know a 16 one who just turned 16 is going to be driving soon her her weird younger sister and then her and then their brother just turned 13 yesterday like it's just bananas how quickly that stuff changed but they were you know in 2008 they were getting you know they were they were growing up um for sure, and I st- and that were that was part of it. I started to just feel like, oh man, I'm not going to be a non-gray dad with three tiny <laughs> kids forever. Yeah. They're all this is really weird how quickly this is all happening. And the gray part was already happening. And I thought, if I don't start to make a decision now, then I then I'm, then no one's going to care. No one will care in 15 years who I am and what I'm doing. And I only need them to care because I need this to be able to pay the bills. Really. I mean, that was my thinking and it just felt like time, time was ticking and it was time to do it. And, and I don't want to make it sound like the decision was based purely on some sort of biological clock. Cause that's not really, that's not the case either. It was more of a, you know, poop or get off the pot kind of situation to, to, to coin a terrible phrase. Yeah. And so I, and so when I got to that point, I went, if I don't do this now, I don't know if I'm ever going to. And if I never do, I'll regret this forever. And my wife said, you will, and you're going to do it. So let's do it. Hmm and that's really important that you have the support system that that i have i we married relatively young i was 24 she was 20 um and here we are so that's uh, uh, 20 years later dude yeah i mean i'm old now yeah you are well i'm 43 but so i'm young by (sighs) standards that's pretty old yeah, but it's still, you know, <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. I don't if I still feel about ancient. thirty, if you want the truth, but yeah, um, you know, I
0: was talking to somebody about that too. I feel like like when somebody asks me how old I am. Yeah. I have I have two answers. I have the answer of where my brain feels like it is. And then I have the second answer, which is, oh, right. I'm not supposed to say that first answer because that's not actually accurate. <laughs> I have to give this other answer that I need to then think about for a few because if you were to say how old are you? I'm twenty seven. Yeah, because that's when my like identity of myself kind of solidified. I think not that it hasn't changed since then, but right. I think I, I think I became conscious that I was a human being at probably that age. Yeah,
1: and at some point people stop believing you, right? Yeah,
0: and so you're then not- then you just got to you know say something that starts with a three <laughs> or a four, and you're like, oh, great. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean about that, and and that's the thing that again a lot of people call into this show, and it it seems like there's this dichotomy. People are either they're young and they're completely risk averse, you know, like they've been out of school for a a couple years and they've been in a job for a year and they're petrified to leave the job. Well, how much debt do you have debt? I don't have any debt. Oh, uh, well, do you have a family and children to support? No, I'm single. Oh, do you have a mortgage? No, I live in an apartment with a roommate and they're terrified to make a change. Yeah. And, and then you get people who are in their 30s and 40s like us mm-hmm. who do have, you, you know, I say wife and kids because it's mostly, dudes. let's be honest, it's mostly dudes.
1: Yeah,
0: there's a pretty few, much mostly dudes. There's a some f- wonderful women. Doing they're the, this. the best. We have the best female listeners in the world. Yeah. World in the world. And <laughs> and uh, but most of the time it's dudes. And they they do have a wife and they do have kids. And you know what? Sometimes they are the only breadwinner. Yeah. And these these they've already quit and they don't have a job and they're trying to figure out what to do next. That and then, and then you get these people who are oh, I'm, I'm 21 and I don't know if I should leave this job to take this other job that's going to pay me more. <laughs> Try sure. it, you know? Yeah. Go for it. Because it's people like you who, you know, I don't want to say late in life, but later, past the point where you should already have figured out what you're supposed to do, you figure yeah. out what you're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's the common story, though. I feel like there's a lot of us like that.
0: And how are you supposed to figure out what your major is supposed to be when you're in college and you don't know anything? You can barely clip your own fingernails. And you're supposed to pick your major that you're going to do for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah, and it's weird. It's it's weird to see people who think who appear on the outside at least to me that they do have that figured out and i go really how did you do how are you i know doing I've, I've
0: always been envy i'm still trying to figure out what
1: i'm gonna do but then i've seen guys who at 30 finished med school and knew knew at 20 that that was what they were gonna do and they were gung-ho and now they're gonna do this thing and they're a doctor and they're paying off all their school debt and It's amazing, and they met the perfect girl, and she's a total hottie, and oh my gosh, imagine how cute their kids are going to be and all these (laughs) kinds of things you do. And then 10 years later, I find out what that guy left his wife and his kids for some model lady, got uh, uh, kicked out of the hospital he was working at for some kind of weird misconduct and now drives a convertible, stupid, you know, Audi. And I'm not saying that's what happens to all of them, but there are times where I'll see that happen, and I'll go, I'm okay with my way. i'm all right with how it turned out yeah but you know i don't, I don't want to wonder when in right? the middle of it yeah you can't plan it how can you plan it that's not if you could plan it don't you think more people would have that all figured out by no. now i mean I, I just feel like yeah i just feel like as much as i'd say oh, i wish i'd done this three years earlier yeah but you know a lot of that experience has added to what if you would have done I'm it three years do.
0: earlier you you, you know, if you could have, you would have probably.
1: Yeah. Could have, should have, would have. But in the, in the end, I just, I just want to keep this stuff growing. It's never been better. Um, everyone's happier. I, I raised my kids uh, from the, the age where they still loved me to the age where they're not supposed to anymore. Cause you're a parent and you're boring. And <laughs> somehow I skipped that because they still think I'm cool. The, their friends at school think I'm some kind of weird internet rock star. And it, it actually made it easier. My kids, love me and they want to hang out with me they that's want to amazing. do things with me that's the they goal to, yeah that is the goal i mean what else really matters in the end they're the most important thing i have so this other stuff's all fluff compared to that and the beauty of it is they think they think i'm cool and i don't know that i could ask for much else from a from a 16 year old i mean I yeah. give me a Gosh. break i thought my parents were the worst when i was 16 yeah i started hating my
0: parents in my very early teens yeah it's easy to the time <laughs> i was driving it was like forget it that's a not even gonna attempt to
1: yeah, I'm out of here. This is it. I got a car now or I can drive. I I, I have mobility. I can get out of here. That's exactly how I felt. And I love my parents now, but I, at the time I just thought, oh, whatever, this is the worst. What a bunch of, this is, these these are the most dull people in my life. And I've somehow circumvented that and didn't really intend to, but that's how it worked out. And so I know the technologies before they do. I'm right there with them. I know this weird internet meme with the grumpy cat before they know about it. (laughs) You know, the the stuff that they think is the hallmark of their particular pop culture exposure is still part of my part of my every day. And it, it isn't to say that it's keeping me from growing up or anything. It just means I get it and it's I don't fear it. And I don't look at a Facebook account and think, oh, my gosh, I'm sending my kids to the, the seventh hell. I, I know what it is. I know what I know what can happen on there and I know how to manage it. And I know how to be a father who trusts his kids and knows what's going on. So you know i knew what browser cache was before <laughs> they called it browser cache so it's it's those kinds of things that really benefited me in that weird that was one thing i never expected and one of my great fears in life is i would be a crap father and i wouldn't know what i was doing and i was i was wrong it's not you love them and you care about them it's not that bad eagle mountain yeah. utah sounds way tougher than it
0: is it sounds like the place <laughs> where the ship from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where Devil's Tower would be located.
1: Yeah, it, it well, I mean, is that where it's located? If anybody out there listening has not been to uh, Utah, specifically the Salt Lake Valley or any of Southern Utah or any of, geez, even Eastern Southern Utah, uh, y- your minds get blown when you come here. It's an absolutely beautiful, gorgeous bit of country. The mountains are everywhere. And I live in a place where we are elevated over the prehistoric uh, lake that used to be called Lake Bonneville. And there's a reason why the mountains in the Salt Lake Valley all kind of have a ring around it. It used to be covered in water and uh, prehistorically speaking. And now it's this lush, beautiful green in the summer uh, and warm and then, you know, snow in the winter kind of place. And Eagle Mountain is kind of off from it, about 25 minutes away from it and up higher. And in the, what people, some people call the West desert, even though it's not really a desert, but anyway, long and the short of it, it sounds tough. Like, man, there are, there are guys who are chopping down trees in Eagle Mountain. There are, there are people who, you know, are lifting great logs and stacking them, uh, stacking them on top of each other and carrying them 50 miles. Yeah. One trip or whatever. Nah, it's just full of neighborhoods and nice people and stores and stuff.
0: You know, here's the thing. I'm looking as you're talking. I'm looking at 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 some of the. You know, you're talking before about community. Yeah. And where you are in Eagle Mountain, it might be a beautiful place to live. Yeah. But is there is there that physical community there? Like you're saying, you're not like a big guy to go into the meetups, and you're probably not like a Python developer. (laughs) <laughs> no you know, and you want to hook up with other Python developers,
1: well, I mean, I am, and I'm not i like i we go comic book shopping all the time, and there are people we meet up and do that with, and I've got great friends here and stuff um but I mean, I there's
0: Eagle Mountain is not known for the example for its tech community
1: uh, no, but if you go twenty minutes south or twenty minutes north, you run into the home of Novell, the home of Word Perfect, where all that started <laughs> you you run into i mean no no, that's very it's no, <laughs> that really, now.
0: I mean, I know I remember Novell for better or for worse.
1: For yeah, mostly for worse. But it, like in the the word perfect dude, I forget his name. But he he ended up cashing out and bought up a ton of land, and he's got some awesome stuff out here. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of tech savviness going on. Um, there's a lot of good bandwidth. Google Google Fiber picked Provo, which is about 20 minutes south of me, to be the next uh, to be the third city to get uh, the Google Fiber fiber project, mm. which is very tempting to move We're there. We're getting that yeah yeah austin was number two yeah i'll Uh, take number two it's better than not at all or number three salt lake city is this has been said many times not just by me but i think i agree with the sentiment salt lake city is the austin texas of utah (laughs) nice it's uh it's you know cultural (laughs) culturally speaking it's it's you know the rest of texas is very different than than austin at least that's what everyone tells me yeah i've only been there once very Um, very different yeah it's like the but we also have park city and sundance so we have mm-hmm. a lot of film culture and and a lot of really famous actors come from here and i'm really proud of our state it's a there's a lot of really creative stuff that goes on it's a very friendly place uh, a lot of happy people a lot of kids a lot of smiling kids everywhere um and it's clean that's one thing i really like is the cities are clean it's not all dirty and gross and there isn't gr- uh, bars up on every store and things like that it's yeah. a a nice place to sort of hang out and be, and it fosters, I think, a lot of creativity because the nature here is just unfreaking believable. And uh, if you're into that at all, and you you go see some of the red rock canyons in southern Utah or anywhere around St. George, it's just mind-numbingly beautiful. And I think all of that contributed a lot to me as a kid. I, I couldn't watch Star Wars and not fall in love with Tatooine because to me that was what I grew up. Oh, in. right,
0: it's, that's that's your home.
1: Yeah, pretty much. You know, I didn't grow up directly in the desert, but a lot of that reminded me of that. And we'd take trips to Lake Powell or to Moab or something. And Moab, basically the mountain biking and Jeep safari capital of the world. (laughs) So there's a lot to love. And Eagle Mountain's nice because it's out of the direct hubbub of the freeway and city and stuff. But it's civilized and a lot of really nice people and stuff like that. But I got to get into Salt Lake proper to really... That's where my people are, like the people who are into the things I'm into the comic book people and the movie nuts and the, and the video game heads and the things that I like to do there, you know, there's a lot of that extended culture happening, uh, happening in Salt Lake. But you you said,
0: you said earlier Mm. that you don't want to do anything unless it's fun.
1: Yeah. I'm not really interested in anything lame. (laughs) So how, how is it that you've been able to
0: structure what you do with that at, at the heart of it? Because that, Sounds like the dream, you know. Mm-hmm. It sounds like oh, I just want to do things that I like, but all of your work, when you go in there and you look at obviously, you're I have no idea how you can do a new cartoon, you know, as much as you do, sure, and come up with the ideas for that. But even just forgetting that, you've you know, you have creativity at the center of what it is that you're doing. And I know from my own life and from talking to so many other people. I mean, there's so many different channels uh, for creativity. You know, people who are writing code can be creative. People who are, I suppose, CPAs can be creative. I I definitely believe there's tremendous creativity in writing, even if you're writing legal briefs, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, And I feel like that's something that people are, even if they don't know they're seeking that out, that they are seeking that out that they are yeah. looking and trying to find an outlet for their creativity within the context of of their job but not everybody you know gets to 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 be Scott and and
1: do this kind of thing well, I would argue there's, I mean, there's different kinds of cre- creativity that kind of like you illustrated, but there's kinds of creativity where you're really bringing, you're making something really quite literally out of nothing. And you could argue that, that artwork or, you know, visual arts are, are in that vein. And they are also creativity where people are fantastic architects and, uh, have, you know, great say over how a building is constructed or, or whatever. And I don't bemoan, I mean, we need people doing their day desk jobs, like the people, doing the job that I didn't like, but they do, man, I'm grateful for those guys because the world would suck if it was all just me. These sort of oversensitive creative types, we would ruin the world. Um, So I, I'm, I'm a big believer in like, it takes all kinds. But uh, uh, for me, I just am never at my happiest unless I'm making something. Mm. Like i just feel like I've got to be making something interesting or cool or fun or, creative or you know even derivative but just something that's not that wasn't there before and these are just the two mediums where where i've done it well and you and you brought up a point about those two things happening at once and kind of having them as a backup for one another it's a really interesting point because honestly i don't know that i would be doing this full time if i didn't have that one hand scratching the other hands Mm. back it's a bad metaphor but 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 I but the artwork has done so much to foster what the shows do and the shows have done so much to foster what the artwork is. And in a lot of minds, those two don't even meet. There are people reading my comic and listening to my podcast because I've heard from them yeah. who don't put two and two together and realize I'm the same person. No kidding. Yeah, this happens all the time. And I try to make it clear. But it, and they usually find out because I'll make some mention of. All right, well, today's comic is reflective of this thought. And then I'll have something on the show <laughs> And the guy go, Well, I just read that. Wait, this isn't the same Scott Johnson. And there are a lot of me. There are a ton of people with my stupid name. Um, that's my one great regret in life <laughs> I have more, a less common name of have and really nice. But, but my point is that that, that is a, that's a very real dichotomy of, of difference. Like that's a very weird thing. You don't go around hearing about, yeah, Howard Stern, when he's not recording, he's got a successful webcom, right? Sure. Or the other way around, you don't hear about some artist, you know, Mort Drucker at Mad Magazine didn't, didn't Twilight as a, as a DJ. It's a rare, it's a weird thing. It just happens to be the two things I'm passionate about. And it just so happens, even on a m- tiny level, like I can do my own album art. Mm-hmm. The, even on that level, it's like this really great back and forth. And one definitely massages the other, both financially and creat- creatively, for sure.
0: And that's and, something that yeah. I think when when people look at the stuff that you're doing, if if they're smart enough to know that you're, you are the same guy. Right. <laughs> you know, that you know, that that you've started these businesses, not, and I don't mean this in a, this could sound negative. So I don't mean it that way. You don't seem to have started these things with the traditional businessman attitude. Like I'm going to make a business out of this. It's more like that happened because you were doing something that you loved so much.
1: Yeah. And I've got a, I mean, I hired a, well, hired a loose term, but I have a business manager basically now who's working with me on a lot of merchandising. See, that's
0: and, how you know you made it when you get a business manager.
1: Yeah, and that's helped you got a lot. An agent. It's, it's a relatively recent uh, thing because I have a tendency to want to do everything myself, and I and I don't like to have control wrestled away from me because I feel like if I can't control them, what the heck am I doing? And and um, it's one of my downsides, I think, but but it's really been an amazing boon to what I'm doing. And I'm excited for what the future holds because of that one change, because now somebody can do that. I'm going to build a business routine. Who's good at it and is gifted at it and is creative for him to do it. And I can just create the stuff I got to create. Like I, I don't have to, I mean the penny arcade guys, I keep using them as an example, but they're a pretty shining example of this working out really well. And they, they owe really everything they're doing to Robert, Robert Chu who came out of nowhere and said, "I'm gonna sh- turn this into a business," and they're like, "Whatever." They're about to quit, right? And he came in there and did it. And they've freely admitted every time they're asked about it, we don't know what we're doing, and if he wasn't here, we would be there. Be no penny arcade, mm. and I feel like I'm uh, I'm I'm to the point now where I have done all I can do creatively to to manage it as a business. It is now time for some smart people, trusted people, to help me steer it in ways that make business sense while I still can be creative because oftentimes creative sense and business sense are not buddies. They don't hang out or sit in the hot tub together. <laughs> so you've got, so
0: I, and I don't need you to break this down unless you want to, <laughs> but you've got these, you've got these, I, what I think of as several different streams of revenue and this yeah. is smart. Yeah. You've got lots of different streams of revenue. So when, if, if, you know, ebb and flow, on the one hand, you've got the webcomic, which makes mm-hmm. you some money. Sure. You've got a way for people to donate when they enjoy your work, they can donate. Mm-hmm. You've got a store so people can buy the mug. They can buy the print of Carson.
1: I actually got away from doing ads on the comic because uh, A, they, it wasn't, it was never that strong of a revenue source, and any other webcomic artist will tell you that now. It's just not what it used to be. But also, it did more to foster. Good readership to have an ad-free environment where I, I I know how intelligent my audience is, and I know they're not dummies. and They're not looking at a banner <laughs> going, "Oh, to limited time only," <laughs> like they're not that stupid. So, how so does I it make tr- money for you now? So, that it, it comes in the form of a donations, b direct requests for commissions, and c store traffic because they they do want to support me, but they want to do it in a meaningful way, and they get a little something for it. So they'll they'll go on the site, they'll buy a print, they'll get that print of Carson, or they'll get a print of something else, and They've gotten something, I've made some revenue and we move on. And that's, that has been far more profitable, like literally more money, more revenue than the ads ever were. Wow. So it paid off to me. That was another risky little deal. Um, and it, you know, and when you're actually, you have a very, you have a listener who loves everything you do, who is the uh, web uh, designer who I hired to to make some of these changes for me. And it was the smartest thing I've done in years just in years and it's been great but anyway i didn't mean to interrupt you you were you were doing that damn benjamin thing where you were leading to something amazing
0: no no i mean that you're you're them you know taking care of that uh yeah. so you know on and then on the podcast some of them have sponsors yeah some don't yeah some don't is that also you know a, a listener primarily a listener funded operation for you
1: yeah in the sense i mean the ones that are that are have sponsors, obviously the the listeners are using the codes or clicking the links or doing whatever. And we really don't have, I got a couple of deals that I do with outside networks for the, but for the most part these are homegrown. Like they came to me, Hey, we want to advertise kind of arrangements. Um, so a little bit more of a, you know, they're, they're good friendly handshake kind of arrangements and not all that formal. So that's good. I think, cause it's kind of how we operate, but those, do, those do really well in the, in the shows that they're in and the shows that don't have them. We got, we get a lot of just goodwill from having that content lead to other stuff. And I don't see any of them as a drag on the network. Right. Um, and there's some shows I've started and, and ended and some I have yet to begin. But um, really chief among these are things like the Morning Stream and the Instance and Film Sack. Those are kind of the big ones. And and they all kind of feed off each other. And they all coincidentally also have sponsors so that they probably work out the best. So they also have the biggest audiences, which works best for sponsors. But that's just yet another source of that revenue. But again, on those shows, I'm able to push people and not really push them, but they, they are led to the other things I'm doing. They're like, well, I really like that. I, I would like to buy a print of that. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'll go to the checkout their store. I'll mention it on the show. We get a little boost in traffic from that. We run promotions. We did a free comic book day deal where uh, the whole country on the, on the 5th of uh, May, 5th or 6th, depending on where it lands, the Saturdays. Every year you go to a comic book store and they give you free, free comics. Right. So we thought, well, let's give everybody a free print. All you got to do is come to the site, sign up, sign up for a thing and we'll ship you a free print signed by me. No, no strings attached, not a thin dime spent, just free. And when my business manager, manager s- suggested it, I went, oh, this is going to just cost me like I want to do it because it sounds like fun, but it doesn't sound like this is it's just going to take money to ship all these and print them and everything else. He said, trust me, see what happens. So we did that deal. And we had the best three-day store traffic and purchase traffic we've ever had. That's so cool. So what people did is they came and said, I'll get this free thing and I'm going to support them and buy this and do a mug and a hat and a shirt or whatever. And it just added up and and it really created some awesome, some awesome stuff. And so it turned out it cost us very little to do what we did, but we were able to spend goodwill that way. And Mm -hmm. It's that kind of stuff is, is awesome. And the kind of things I'm getting better at, and certainly he's really good at them. So he's pushing me in the right directions, but I don't think any of this answered your question. Your, your original question was, uh, I can't remember now. (laughs) No, this was, this was good.
0: I've Uh, gone down a weird path. I know. I like the path. You know, a lot of people like, you know, it's very popular today in 2013. You know, it's very popular. It's, it's, Um, yeah. well, one of the things is yeah. starting a podcast network. A few years ago it was making a website. Then it was making an app. Like yeah. you'd meet somebody at a bar and they'd be like, I made an app, you know, and now it's not doing a podcast. Like a podcast seems very, you know, down market. You have to have your own network.
1: Right.
0: And I've had people, I like how you, keep goes off mic like this whenever I talk. Um, people will email me and be like, I'm going, I'm going to be starting a podcast network. Uh, what's the best microphone for me to use or whatever. Right. And, and I, and I'll say like, you know, well, I have an article here where I wrote about the, you know, the different microphones and stuff. I need to update it, but this is a good place to start if you want to learn about it. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I'll often say like, if you can make one show really, really, really good, do that before you start the whole network. Not because I'm worried about other people starting podcast networks, but because it's so hard to do one and see, you'll see where I'm going with it. Right. To do one show consistently. It's very hard to make a single show consistently great, let alone nine shows consistently great or more than nine shows consistently great. And there's two things. When I look at your stuff, Mm. There's two things that, that you've done that really reveal one specific thing about you, and I believe that it is the key to your success. In addition to your creativity and everything else, and this is I'm, so, on,
1: I'm on the edge of my seat here. I'm on pins know, and needles
0: because this is the key to to, uh, <laughs> to, to Scott. It's con- it's consistency. It's showing up every day and doing that thing my guess, probably even when you don't feel like doing it. And here, here's what I mean. You're, you're putting out new comics, you're putting out new shows and those two things, you do them on a very, very consistent basis. And the reason why that's so important and the reason why that resonates, I think so much and why you've built a community that you have built is that you do this with, with such consistency. It's, most of, listen, I'm a big fan of yours, if that's not clear. I think most of your stuff, most, is really great. <laughs> and, you know, that's, so let's just take for, let's just set that aside for a minute and say, we know we know you're pretty good. All right. It doesn't matter if you're pretty good and you don't show up. Right. It's better to show up and be good than to occasionally be there and do something awesome. We want to know that we can, as as listeners of your shows or as readers of your website, we want to know that we can show up and get that thing that we expect and come away from that with, okay, I can integrate this stuff into my life. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes a listener. That's what makes a fan. That's what makes a reader is that they know they're going to be able to show up and get that thing from you that you've kind of promised them you were going to do. And, and so this whenever, is how I
1: know this is how I know if you're doing it right too. if you if yeah. you have if you do miss a show by or whatever the reason may be, if you have to. And I've missed shows, but when you miss them, you agonize about missing them. That's a good sign when you agonize about missing them. It isn't just you. You you still have enough love and respect for your audience to know that you have done them a disservice by not being there for them when they thought you were going to be there no matter how much you explained it on Twitter no matter how real the reason was I still agonize when something like that happens yeah a reschedule just kills me I hate it I had to do one this morning in fact L- bad luck enough would have it um, I had to push it for till tomorrow because of some other because extenuated things I couldn't control but but still I agonize over it and I think if I had any advice to top on top of what you're just saying is mm. if somebody's out there trying to do a show and they if if they want to be able to test whether they've got the commitment for the consistency you're talking about. How bugged are you when you don't? And if you're pretty bugged about it, that's probably a good sign. And that means you're going to keep at it. Yeah.
0: And then that's the secret to success. My friend runs uncrate.com, which is, I love that site. Mm. Coolest stuff. And that guy has done, I mean, I know he has people that, that, you know, work with him on his team now, but, but it doesn't matter for years. I think he still handpicks all the stuff that's on there for years, five posts a day, five days a week, every week of every year Mm
1: -hmm. for
0: years and years and years and years. And you know, that really is the secret to so many, you know, people say, how do I, how do I build an audience? They'll call, you know, they'll email me and they'll be like, how do I build an audience with my podcast? And I'll, I'll say, sure, I'll, you know, we can talk about it. And I'll look at their shows. And I'll say, well, in the last year or in the last three months, you've done eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, that we're pretty happy with that. Well, I was, well, I'm not happy with that. I'm like, what do you mean? I, 12 weeks, 12 episodes. It's one thing if it's a special and you come up with it every now and then. But if you're trying to build an audience and trying to build, a, I mean, I hate this word, legacy. You're trying to build, a, you know, an archive, for lack of a better term. You're trying to build a, a presence. You have to be consistent. I mean, if we, if I, if I don't record a show at the time that I say it, like I was late today. Sorry. I'm still mad about it. I know, it. I can tell.
1: I'm so pissed. <laughs>
0: but <laughs> if you know, if I, if I don't do a show on time, or if I don't do it even worse on in the, on the day that I was going to do it. I get a lot of people in in email and Twitter and that means a whole lot to me because what that says is that there are people who care. There are people who care that they miss it. They're missing it. Where is it? I want that thing. You know, you want to see Game of Thrones on Sunday night and if it just wasn't inexplicably it's just not there Right. It wasn't pre announced that it's gonna not be on next week and it's gonna be on the week after that for the season finale. Like that's fine. That sucks, but at least you know in advance what's going on. But if you turn it on and it's not there, it's then, rough. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a, a big problem.
1: It is. I, I like people who I like people who will end a show when it's time to end a show. I did this with a very popular show of mine, five year run. It was time for lots of reasons, but we said that's it. We've we've done what we've done. This is a long running show. Feel good about it. No one else I know has done five years straight of a very consistent show and you end it and you do it on whatever your terms are, but you make sure, you know, this is communicated to your listeners. They may not love that. Oh, my favorite show is going away, but they never loved that. They didn't like it when I love Lucy did it. They don't like it now. So again, for lack of a better pick, I don't. it's probably a better show to pick on Seinfeld. Okay. Seinfeld ended. Nobody wanted to end, but there, there it is. I'm fine with that. It's when you come out and say, I've got this hot show and I'm so excited about it. And then you show every sign that you're not. Hmm. And that's bad. I mean, not to judge anybody, you got to do what you got to do. But I, I just feel like if you're loving it, then love it. Even when it's hard to do it. Cause even stuff you love is hard and, um, you know, keep at it and don't stop. And then before you know it, you got way too much to do and, and you're behind on everything. There's my advice. (laughs) It's good advice. (laughs) you know I,
0: I while while you were saying that uh i I remembered the quote and it's uh I'll try and find a link for this in the show notes just for posterity all right, but it's a woody Allen quote, and he says eighty percent of success is just showing up yeah and as 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 wrong as that sounds, i mean I remember I was talking to uh somebody in and she had owned a landscaping like you know I, I think landscaping is a nice way to say they, she had a lawn mowing company. And we were talking one day about business, and this was probably 15 years ago. And she said, Dan, do you want to know the secret to a successful lawn care business? I said, yeah. She says, show up. I said, what do you mean? She said, show up mow the lawn. I said, well, that kind of seems obvious. She's like, oh, it is obvious, but you'd be surprised how many companies don't show up. (laughs) And I said, "You, you mean just showing up on time or on the dish? No. No, just show up at all.
1: The window into landscaping. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. The
0: biggest contracts that they would get, you know, and she would get like big one, like for like golf courses and hotels and things like that. She's like every time we would go there, they would say to her that the reason why they let go of the the previous company was because they just wouldn't show and inexplicably just not showing up. Well, they're supposed to come on Tuesday, you know, each week some weeks go by and they would never come. And the way that she built her business was by showing up when they said they were going to show up and you show up every day doing the stuff that you do. And that's a, I don't know if it's 80%, but that's a big part of why I think people lo- like me love the stuff that you do.
1: Well, that's a huge percentage. I would argue this is also true of the man with two first names and that would be you. Oh, right. Um, and also, when you show up somewhere with uh, others in your family, do you say, "Look at all these Benjamins"? Like some kind of rapper, like some kind of street rapper.
0: Uh like it, <laughs> if if I have like a reservation at a place, sure, it's Yo, all look about at my the Benjamins. Ben- yeah, it's all
1: about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that ever happen, or am I? Uh, I want to do that.
0: Right. I think about doing that. Um My my wife would not let me name my son what I wanted to to name him. Mm. Uh so I've if. Uh, as he got older and started to understand the concept of the nickname, I introduced it. His nickname, and and now he go kind of goes by it, yeah. Cash, Cash Benjamin, Cash Benjamin, and I will frequently call him Cash Money Benjamin, which he likes. <laughs> so he's actually I've seen him introduce himself on a playground as as Cash Benjamin, which is that's, great. Oh, that's awesome. That made my whole you know month.
1: You took that opportunity and, and ran with it as and much I'm, as possible i applaud you for that so let's see where where do we send people for
0: for your stuff we get a lot of oh, people man. first of all let's send it we'll start out look at this list thank you daniel i need a danielle oh I, my gosh couldn't do anything without these people yeah. who helped me she's amazing scott johnson on twitter yeah now there's you're trying to trick us up with the two t's
1: yeah, it's well, and
0: there's an H in Johnson, so you're I, you're all over the place with this.
1: It's uh yeah, it's the mo- it is the most common spelling of both names, but uh, I I'm, I I get your I guess Scott your point. Scott S C O T T
0: Johnson J O H N S O N. All this is in the going to be in the show notes. Yeah. You can also go to my... Ex- now, you you put the www on there, and you know I'm opposed to that, but I, I, know, I allow, yeah. I'll allow By,
1: You're going to allow her to do... Yeah, I am also opposed to it, but I, I like her so much, I don't think we're going to give her too much trouble for it.
0: www.myextralife.com
1: Yeah, 12 years, man. 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> Ups and downs, lots of changes. You got but- you
0: got great... Po- you can go and You can go there, you can read the comics, you can buy the print of Carson, which you will sign... For an extra no, yeah. two or three bucks, not digitally signed.
1: Yeah, they can get digital if they want. That's cool. But if they want me to sign it physically, that can happen, too. It takes a little, a little extra time to get to them, but not much. So you can do we, that. I, we aim can, to please. Yeah. You can go to FrogPants. Gosh, I love that. Frogpants. FrogPants.com. It was supposed to be, okay, so a real tiny story. Yeah. Uh, about you know, 10 years ago, my wife and I thought it'd be fun if we opened a bookstore. And we were going to make it all like kids' books. And this is before we realized that bookstores were going to die quickly. So I'm glad we didn't do it. But at the time, I thought, well, I'm going to register a domain. Uh, and it's and I found what I liked. I liked the name Frog Pants. I thought that sounded like fun. I could illustrate a big frog up on top of the marquee. And it was going to be this cool little store, and we'd also have a web thing. So I registered it. And then all these years later, right around 2007 or 8, my accountant says, well, if you're going to incorporate, you need a name. And I said, oh, crap. Uh, what do I have? And I went by domains because that's what you're going to have to do. Mm-hmm. And I found Frog Pants and said, uh, "Frog Pants Studios." <laughs> he says, "All right, <laughs> sounds good." So in the state, this beautiful state of Utah, I'm registered as a Frog Pants LLC.
0: That's <laughs> nice. Probably anyway. not not too
1: much trouble securing the LLC name either. No, that was easy. Yeah, turns out nobody was fighting me on it. <laughs> you didn't have to uh-huh. get any letters. No, no not you a know. thing. That was like a, the the Vaseline of uh, of name choosing. It was just <laughs> so easy, and then. To, to make matters even better the domain was available so frogpants.com and that is really a great place to go to find every freaking thing
0: and you've do. got a show there that you do what how which shows do we pimp out for you uh, people probably, like you know what i
1: like about you
0: hmm. is that all of your stuff is fun hmm. you know it you, you do i i have not found myself going to to frogpants to get the you know the breaking news from the google io conference no <laughs> your coverage on that is a little light uh-huh. Uh, but you know, it, but I like that. I like that I can go there. I can listen. And we have very compatible uh, networks. I think.
1: I would agree. I we think there's can, a reason. That's the reason. There's a friends. lot of shared. There's a lot of shared audience. We don't have
0: to hate each other.
1: No. I'm let this you drama. This for Twelve years. Let this drama and friction between us end, end. this day. Um. <laughs> that never. Bury the hatchet, as they say. Probably right. Right. Friends. Yeah. Our our blunt, non-sharpened hatchet. <laughs> that's right. Um, this is really just a stick without the metal part on the end, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, frogpants.com is good because all the po- podcasts can be sort of linked there and it's all the stuff I host plus, uh, friends of the network or, you know, we, they're in the network, but people who are doing autonomous work that I like and are, uh, good, you know, good people. So I put them in there. Um, people like, uh, Veronica, and, uh, Belmont and Tom Merritt do sword and laser, for example, very good show. If you're into reading fantasy or science fiction novels uh what a nice get with them oh they're awesome they're old friends from way back they'll be at nerdtacular in fact uh part of panels and whatnot um but uh yeah there's actually if you really like the shows let's say you like everything on the network well we have something we call the frog pants ultra feed which uh they can find on itunes or wherever podcasts are given out freely See, he's in always
0: gonna one-up me dan i call <laughs> mine the master feed his is the ultra feed
1: ultra feed <laughs> super
0: always huge. one ups me with his uh, good looks and humor
1: yeah well the humor anyway but um yeah so uh, yeah I, frog Pass is great uh, the, the scott johnson on twitter is great because those are really the two places where anything hot and breaking and whatever will be there and there's links to everything off from there i mean all the shows kind of have their own sites now and and stuff, but it's still a good central hub to, to kind of find what you want and where you want it. So
0: everybody, please go check out this guy's work. It's great stuff. And uh frogpants dot com, Scott Johnson on Twitter.
1: Oh, and if you want to see my good looks, uh frogpants.com slash TV, you'll find the uh YouTube channel for Frogpants TV, which is oh, we're probably about twelve episodes in and um dipping my toe in the in the video world yeah. a little bit there. Why not? Yeah, why the hell not? Have fun with it. Yeah.
0: That's what I say. Well, thank you very much for being here. I hope everyone enjoyed hearing you as much as I have and as much as I do. So uh, we'll have to have you back again.
1: It's a ridiculous pleasure, and I'm really, really glad um, uh, that you guys even asked. And uh, if if you uh, would ever like me back, I would be more than happy to. That was a lot of fun today. We'll make it happen. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Daniel. Thank thanks. you. Thanks, thanks, Scott. Yeah, and thanks. Daniel. Thank Danielle.
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, the show notes are over at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 24. You can go to 5by5.tv slash quit slash newsletter, and you get the newsletter where we send out secret things and uh, special, exciting things, I think. Maybe. Always. Always, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. I'm Dan on Alpha. And uh, gosh, I guess that's it. You know, we bear. I mean, eighty minutes. That's a, that's good for me. Yeah, but next sh-
1: week, what's that? Is that short for you or long for you for the show?
0: Uh, it's average. Right, it's average. Uh, perfect. Yeah, I've
1: always been a little average in my life, so that's perfect. Yeah.
0: So So uh, next week, uh, Danielle, I think we're going back to calls and uh, and emails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to, you can go to five by five dot tv slash contact. Pick quit, and that way, Danielle and I will both. Get the email that you send, and we'll, we'll find the uh, the good ones, maybe yours, and we can read that on the air. You can also leave me a voicemail, 512-222-8141, and we'll be back to live callings and stuff next week again. Scott, Scott, I think Scott he gets a little Johnson. bit of applause. Thank, Thank you very you. much for being here, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you next week.